Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, hello, my amazing mompreneurs. I hope you're having a fabulous day. I wanted to hop in real quick because we are just two weeks away from the Connect Retreat. I am beyond excited to show you off my town, my hometown, which I'm obsessed with. Actually, right now, Colin and I are at a hotel in the area. It's this beautifully renovated inn that you have an opportunity to stay at when you come to the retreat. And we're just soaking in the amazingness of where we live. And we'd love for you to not only get to do that too, but also get to connect. Connect more with yourself so you could be the best mompreneur that you can be. Connect more with each other so that you can expand your network and grow your business together and to learn how to better connect with your community so you can become that recognized resource and that present and productive mompreneur you know that you are meant to be. So we have two weeks and we have two spots left. The women who are coming are absolutely amazing. And for those of you who know that you can't make it because of time constraints, things like that, it is summertime after all. The good news is we also have the virtual retreat option for you. So you can snag one of the last couple seats to come join us in person and see our town. Or you can grab a virtual ticket, get the private podcast right in your player to hear all that we talk about that day join the community of women who will be there, and get a one-on-one session with me. Whatever works best for you, I am here to support you in your mompreneur journey, and I cannot wait to get started. Now, let's hop into today's episode. Hello, my amazing mompreneurs. Welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. Today, I have my friend Marian Wagner with us, and she is a mom to her nine-year-old son, and she has a baby girl who is on the way. She's also a wife and a business mindset coach, and she specializes in helping online entrepreneurs create six-figure game plans without a large social media following. As a former school psychologist turned multiple six-figure business owner in two separate online industries, Marianne loves merging psychological and strategic approaches to take your business to the next level. In addition to her coaching business, she is also the host of Get Out of Your Head and Grow Your Online Business Podcast, which we recently had so much fun collaborating on. Today, Marianne is going to help us up-level by shifting our mindsets when it comes to social media. But before we hop into those strategies, Marianne, I'd love for you to start off by sharing a bit of about your mompreneur journey. Can you tell us what your journey looked like and where you are today? Yeah, well, first off, thank you so much for having me here. I so appreciate you being here. Thank you. I am so excited. So, okay, the cliff notes <laughs> of my journey. Um, I started my first online business back in 2010. I was a school psychologist at the time, as Megan said, and it was a style blog. And I started it partly just as something to do on the side and to grow something that I could call my own. And then it kind of morphed into something bigger. When I became a mom, which is in 2013, when I had my son, Cooper, I, I'm just going to be honest, I struggled incredibly with being a, a present productive mom. I, I would take my son to daycare, I'd get up very early, take him to daycare, go to work. And I would sit in my office, which my office in the elementary school was a converted closet like a janitor's closet oh my gosh and you know it had no windows it's like they they cleaned out the closet and they put a desk in there and said there you go 
And it was very hard on my mental health. But I would sit there and I'd watch the clock all day. And I wasn't doing any preventative work. And that's why I became a school psychologist is to work with kids and families. Um, but long story short, it was it was draining the life out of me. And then, so I'd stare at the clock and then I would go race out the door the minute I could to go pick up my son from daycare. And I remember very vividly driving home one day, I just picked him up and we were on the freeway. This is when we were living in Las Vegas. And I was sitting in traffic and I was like, is this all there is? Like, it, I started almost like tearing up. Like, is I feel like a groundhog day kind of life. Like this can't be my life for the next five, 10, 15 years. Something, something has to change. And I didn't know what that was. Um, because after I put Cooper to bed, I'd work on the blog until midnight or one o'clock. And I was, the blog itself by that time was already making more income than my school psychologist career, but I wasn't in a place where I could put all my eggs in one basket, like in my life right that, at that moment. So I knew something needed to change. And to make a story um, short, at the time I was trying to lose the baby weight and I was doing these at-home workouts and I just fell in love with the program. So I decided I'm going to start doing this coaching thing in this network marketing framework, which I had no idea what it was. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask a lot of questions. I literally just trusted my intuition and just went for it. And within a year, I had hit six figures and surpassed again my psychologist income and we grew to one of the top 25 teams in the company and I retired from school psychology and I was home with my son and at the time that I was also a single mom and then I just launched my business mindset coaching practice and I've worked with hundreds of women to help them grow their passions online since then. You are such an inspiration. I just want to hit on a couple of these points because I think that they are so important that you started. And I think we can all relate if anybody in this uh, space has, like us, started their business before kids. It's so funny. I laugh to myself all the time. Like, what did I do before the kids came along? I would sit at my desk from like eight in the morning until six at night. What did I do that whole time? And so to to hear that you wanted to do something else and and you followed your passion and we have that style blog uh, in common because that was where I started as well. But then Cooper came and you're like, first you were drained from your other business. Then you're working until 1 a.m. while taking care of him, doing all of the things. But most importantly, you weren't getting that balance that you were looking for. And so I love that you did something about it that you said, is this all there is? I think that's such an important question to ask all of the time in, you know, this whole season is about up-leveling. And when we think about up-leveling, it's really thinking about too, like, are there other ways to reach the goals that I want? We're yeah. having those conversations all the time in our house. There's the traditional way that everybody thinks about doing things. And then we look at like, what is that life we want to live? And now we've been asking ourselves more, what are different paths to get there that aren't what you would normally think of, even if it seems crazy? If it gets us the end result, then why aren't we trying that and doing that? So I think that's a really poignant point for people to be thinking about, no matter what you're doing in your business, because your business evolves and changes just like mine did. I had that personal styling business for 10 years. And then that was the same kind of question I asked myself, like, is this it? I think I meant to do something more, something different. And then that's when the Mompreneur Guide was born. So I, I wanted to hit that point first. Yeah. And to that point, I feel like we either have to hit that point of either inspiration or desperation. And I always call it a lightning bolt moment where we feel like all of a sudden we're at a crossroads and we can either 
choose to stay where we are and continue and settle, or we can choose to forge ahead in a direction where there is uncertainty and anxiety. And I think at that point, becoming a mom changed a lot for me. I, my mom died when I was 15 and she lived to just see 44 years old. And so I think like the older I get, I look, I think at that moment, I was like, I can't settle. Like I can't, I don't want Cooper to see me settling because what does that show him? I want him to see his mom like getting uncomfortable and going after it. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of mompreneurship is that it makes us hyper aware of the fact that we're modeling. And my big thing that I've learned so far in parenthood is that just like being a mompreneur guide, I am a guide for them. I'm not here to like craft their life for them. I'm here to show them their options and their individuals and they're going to figure out, but I want to give them that buffet of here are all of your choices. And so I think it is so powerful that you did that for him and you stepped out of your comfort zone and you went the road less traveled, if you will, <laughs> or the crazier world. All of us mompreneurs can laugh because this is certainly not for the faint of heart, but it's one that we would not trade anything for because I think it has the best possibilities out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So moving on from there, though, I thought it was really interesting that you said you were making more with the blog. And I've had a lot of people talk about how blogs are profitable and all of this and that, at least back in the day. I know things have changed a lot. Can you just tell us really quick, because I never took my blog there. I'm just curious, yeah. how? How was it more profitable? What what facets were happening in the blog that generated you revenue? Yeah. So back then, it, we didn't have Instagram to the same extent. Like I, I started having partnerships where they were back then they would say, you need to do 10 Instagram posts. <laughs> and now, you know, it's like one, plenty. Uh -huh. But back then it was a lot of partnerships. So I had the, I was blessed to have some amazing partnerships with Wayfair, Maybelline, Adidas, My like gosh. brands that would just collect, we'd collaborate and they had PR teams that I built relationships with. And so it wasn't as much, it was affiliate marketing. Um, mm -hmm. where you would have the, you get paid per links and purchases. But back then it was much more large contracts with um, strategic companies. Got it. Interesting. I was just curious if it was like ads, because I know back, back, back in the day, <laughs> that was the big way that you did it was like through Google ads and stuff like that. And I've had so many people talk about it recently and I haven't asked the question. So <laughs> had to I ask. wasn't maybe tech savvy enough to figure out Google. I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, then the last part I want to hit too is you said you trusted your intuition and then you went into that MLM business and that surpassed your salary. But you also said the blog surpassed your salary. And since you are a mindset person and we're here to talk about mindset today, I thought it was just a really interesting point that in two separate occasions, you were passing your your salary. So by the time you did the MLM, you had two versions of that that salary when you were a teacher yeah. or a, a school psychologist. And so I'm curious, mindset wise, what did you need to push forward and do mompreneurship full time? Oh, man, that's a great question. I think everyone is different, right? Um, I knew I was I was going to be a single mom. Mm -hmm. I knew that yeah. was um, the path. And I felt like, OK, I have my safe health insurance through mm. being a school psychologist and, you know, predictable hours and those type of things, that predictability. And I felt like I would know intuitively when I was ready. And I had that the whole lightning bolt moment again where I felt like, okay, I'm ready to do this. 
And it really wasn't about the money. The money is one piece of it. It was just, I had to feel like, okay, I can provide for my son and not like lean on anyone else. And Mm -hmm. not stress about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is so important. The I'm ready moment. Curious in the work that you do and what, in what you've experienced yourself, do you find that that's the big thing that there's those I'm ready moments that pushes somebody over the edge? Or like you mentioned, the inspiration or desperation, those crossroad moments? Or do you find that sometimes you need a coach to push you into that space to make things happen more quickly or just more in the direction of what you actually want, but fear and ego get in the way? I love that question. I think if had at the time I had a coach, because even though I, you know, I was in the psychology field, like right. you would think I would have all those pieces, but when you're working on yourself, it's it's very different. I think if I had a coach and I had that support person, I would have taken the leap earlier. And I wish like it probably would have been a smart move. I didn't have any, there was no one in my corner <laughs> during that time. Um so now. I feel like if you have someone asking you, are you waiting on a decision? Are you sitting on the decision because you're afraid of, are you afraid of something? Is it afraid of failing? Or I imagine you have a lot of high achievers that listen to your podcast. Oh yeah. And from a lot of high achieving women, it's fear of success. Mm-hmm. And what that, that success will look like, what the cost is, what, what people are going to think. It's, it's very layered, but that's primarily... Um, sometimes you just need someone to call you out and say, all right, make a decision. Mm-hmm. And you haven't made a decision unless you've taken action. So I think that is huge. You haven't, I just want to repeat this. You haven't made a decision until you've taken action. That is huge. And I think it's so interesting because I have heard people say this, this fear of success mm-hmm. is what holds people back. And for me, and I don't know about you other ladies listening, but that to me is like a mind boggle because it's like, no, all I want is success. What do you mean? (laughs) I don't understand being scared of the success, but I'm sure in deep layers, like it's like an onion, all of this mindset work, I'm sure you can attest to. It might not be a surface level thing that you think about, but it could be a more deep rooted thing. So can you talk to us about how could that manifest or maybe be a a subconscious thing that you don't even realize because we are overachiever, high achievers who are like, no, we want to do this thing. We have a mission. We have a movement. We're ready to go. Bring it on. Oh, yeah. There's, um, I would say like eight like the little questions that you can ask yourself. Oh, let's do it. Or highlight. So that first one would be, is your worth tied up in achievement? Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of high achievers, it is part of their identity. Their 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 self-worth is really, what are their accolades? What kind of, what what's their income? What's, you know, in the online world, it's, are you at this benchmark? Are you here? And if you're, it's black and white for some women, where like, if they're not, they're failing. Mm-hmm. Another one is, um, are you uncomfortable with white space? And when I say white space, I just mean <laughs> just relaxing with your business and being in, in flow with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't feel gratitude or joy when you achieve a goal. Like when you sign a new client or you hit a, hit a benchmark, are you, are you happy? Or do you feel like you kind of just check a box and move on? Um, without thinking about it, do you interpret someone else's success as a failure, as your failure? 
Like, do you look at other people and see where they are and imposter syndrome kicks in for you on autopilot? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you feel burned out? And there's, there's healthy burnout. Like we all, we all burn out every now and then it's a good, um, balanced system, Mm -hmm. but we know what it feels like to hit complete burnout where your tank is empty and you have nothing else to give. Yeah. Um, or are you constantly in creation or launch mode? Is another one like there's you see a lot of hustling Hannah's online or shiny object Susans, and they ultimately will turn into burned out Becky's because you can't you can't always be in launch mode and creation mode. And mm-hmm. two more, um, you live the yo-yo. You have a good month followed by like a not so good month followed by a mediocre month. There's not consistency. And the last one is, which I see a lot of, is like you lack clarity and vision. And for a lot of high achievers, they get so stuck in the doing that they don't really have a clear vision of what they're, why they're even doing the doing. Like, where are they going? What do they want? Yeah. This list is insane because I think we can all self-identify and I will make sure to put this in the show notes so everybody can read it because it is I mean I know I check off a lot of these boxes and my husband actually found an article last night on perfectionism Mm. and he was blown away because it like actually gave the the I would assume psychological definition of what that all actually entails and means and it was so interesting because I've done a ton of work on my perfectionism in the last year And we heard everything and we were like, yep, 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 (laughs) checking off the boxes. But we also identified like, okay, I've come a long way. I'm I'm not, we can say that, yes, I did that, but I'm not there anymore. There's still certain things. And so it's interesting to me that those all seem to go hand in hand, that perfectionism, this overachievers list of, you know, how do we break past fear of success? They seem to be really hand in hand. Is that true in this space? Oh, yes. And it's not bad. Like, I want to just encourage everyone, don't put a label of bad or good on it. If you have these, I mean, I, I've probably checked all those boxes. <laughs> it's, it's actually a good thing, but we just have to have self-awareness and rein ourselves in to understand what is working for us and what's actually, where are we working against ourselves? And in the online space, especially when you're a mom and you're balancing many you're wearing a lot of hats, right? It's easy to get caught up in a, in a rut and totally be unaware of why you're feeling stuck. Mm-hmm. And it could be something subconsciously that's, that needs to have a light shine on it. Yeah. I think that's so interesting that you said this. It's a self-awareness to start. It's, it's not a good or bad. It just is. Yes. And so I'm curious to know, with that, and I know we're going to talk about it more in, in moving this conversation specifically into social media, but just right now while we're on this point, where do you go next? You said we just are aware of it. Is there anything else that we need to do when we realize this mindset problem and fear of success is an issue? Yeah, um, I would say there. I have like maybe three big tips. If you're feeling like you're in a mindset rut or mm-hmm. you're stuck or something's, something needs to change. The first is going back to that white space is Mm -hmm. to do something out of your normal routine. And so I'll I'll tell my clients to listen to a podcast that has nothing to do with business. Like for me, it's like the true crime stuff. Like Mm -hmm. go on a walk and do something else. Read a book that has nothing to do with business or personal development. 
and allow yourself to just unplug a little bit and you'll come back with different insight. Another number two would be movement. That mind-body connection is so key. And I see a lot of people in the online business space, um, they get so focused on staring at their computer all day that we don't get up and move our body. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why a lot of people think better when they're on the phone, they're walking, they're pacing. It's because brain activation is different when you're walking. Right. Um, walking therapy is a huge growing sector in the um, psychology space, especially for men. By the way, if you ever want to <laughs> kind of get your husband talking or your son talking, go on a walk with them. It changed. They, they open up and their brain activates in a very different way. Wait, I have to make a quick point on that because it's so, so true. Because uh, for those of you who haven't seen or followed along, Colin is now a part of the team. And the way that that happened was we had taken like a couple days away to to have like our, I don't know, a, a vacation for the first time since we've had the kids. <laughs> and we were walking around our town. And that was one thing. It was like a, a, a dam opened. Like it just flew out of us. And that was when we realized, why aren't you working on the team? And we should do this. And what is that future vision? And how, you know, what would your position look like? And he's normally not that much of a talker, or I go to have these kind of conversations when we're like sitting on the couch at the end of the day. So you're just making me realize, oh my gosh, that's so true. This walking (laughs) therapy. I love it. I love it. And I'm so glad you're opening our eyes into that space because again, you're an expert in this and that's something I had no idea about. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. You were going on to part three. Yeah. Uh, Number three is even if the idea of journaling like feels a little bit foreign to you, I would just say, write down these four questions. Number one, ask yourself, what's no longer working? Is it just your current marketing strategy or is it drinking wine during the week? Which is a big one for a lot of my, again, high achiever clients. They'll have wine at night to wind down because their brains are so busy and wired. Uh, number two, the question would be, what have I been unwilling to let go of? Are you unwilling to let go of this fear of pitching yourself for media opportunities? Maybe, maybe it is the midweek wine that you're unwilling to let go of. Uh, the third question is, what do I fear will happen if I do let go of it? And this is a big one. Again, this is where you can really journal about is it a fear of failing, of not living up to a certain identity or people might, what, what are they going to think? You know, judgment. Um, and the last one is what will happen if I don't let go? And the answer to that one is usually I'll stay exactly where I am. That is so, so helpful because yeah, I know a lot of women like want to journal or it just feels like another project, but having prompts and questions to ask yourself that are specific and strategic, that they uncover what you need, I think is so crucial. So I appreciate you sharing that. So let's take this conversation just that next level deeper when it comes to your social media mindset. We've talked through the success in general, fear of success and what that looks like. Um, we've talked through kind of what to do when you have that self-awareness. How mm-hmm. does that tie in and play to when we are on social media? Because I think that's an interesting take that we're all out there trying to get our message out, trying to share our movements, but we can get caught up in the rat race or, you know, there's just a lot of thoughts and feelings there. Yeah, Social media is a big aspect of <laughs> the clients because mm-hmm. I'm sure with your, everyone that's in the online business space, 
we have to deal with social media to some extent, mm-hmm. but there's some common pitfalls to avoid. Yeah. Um, which one of them, the big one would be comparison, um, caring too much about vanity metrics, like how many likes something gets or how many followers you have. Number one, likes don't equal income. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of my most um, like insanely successful clients barely get any likes on some of their social media posts. Mm-hmm. You probably have the same. Yeah. Yep. And it doesn't matter. Nope. And not all followers are created equal. Okay. There's a lot of accounts out there that have, maybe they have an impressive number of followers, but they're not their ideal target market. Mm-hmm. Or they're just people that are, hit the follow button and they're not really engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, shiny objects. We talked about this when you were on my podcast. You mm-hmm. mentioned like not doing reels when it doesn't really align with who you are. So it's really important to know just because you see Susan, Becky, Sally, Jesse, Raphael doing something on social media doesn't mean that now you have to add it to your to-do list. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would just say one thing I work a lot with people on is making sure they see social media as a side dish and not the main entree. So the main entree would be things that you control, you own, um, things that have more of a evergreen lasting impact, like SEO, um, like your podcast is a home blogging, long format pieces of content that don't expire the next day, like an Instagram post usually does. Mm-hmm. And I think with social media, we get so caught up in spending hours trying to write the perfect caption and take the great photo. And really, what is the ROI on that? It, so I don't know if I'm answering your question. But oh my gosh, <laughs> you totally are. Yeah. Well, I love what you said. Like, what is the ROI on that? And I know a lot of conversation that we had on your podcast was about the alignment. You know, yes. I, I think talking you in talking to these, you've created the pitfalls, but also the ways to shift our mindset. So that comparison, like not all followers are created equal. What is the ROI on that? Shiny object syndrome. Are you in alignment? You don't need to be doing what everybody's doing. You need to do what feels right for you. And I know on your podcast, we talked about how I'm like thinking about doing reels and da, 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 da. And, and since we've had that conversation, I started to do reels in a new way where when I feel compelled to share a story, I'll do a story and then I will download those and then trim them up for reels. And that's just so much easier. And the other day, Colin said, oh, I have this idea for a reel and it would be this and this. I'm like, that sounds like a big production. That does not feel in line with my simplicity thing. If you want to give it a try and like show me it, I think it's a genius idea. I just don't think it's in alignment with who I am and what I'm saying I do. And it's not easy to me. And so I'm not going to do it. And so I think it's it's really important, like you said, when it comes to social and the things that we're doing, how can we shift our mindset so that we're putting ourselves in that forefront? Because like I talk about with, you know, building your authority and stuff, it's all about making sure that you're fully being who you are. When you lean into that, that's when all the good stuff comes. When you're trying to be the next person next to you, it's it's not going to create that world and that authority that you're looking for because it's not easy and it's not you and we all need to be unique. So I think that that is so helpful. But this biggest takeaway that I just pulled from what you said that I have written in all caps and will be going on all of <laughs> the social posts that we do for this episode is social media is a side dish. Yes. 
I think that that is huge. Your entree is your long form owned content um, and making sure you have the ROI on that, that this is just a way to share it. I think that that is such a big mindset shift. And I'm curious to know when you have shared these things with your clients, because you said this is a lot of the work that you do, what transformations have you seen when they start to internalize these mindset shifts and think mm -hmm. differently about being on social? Oh, they get they you get more time back because you're no longer spending hours spinning your wheels trying to create, you know, spending two hours on a reel that or or even a post will sometimes take an hour. Um and then they don't get they they care about the likes and they we have to remove the personal value system from social media. Social media is, a, is an arm of your business in terms of marketing. It is not your marketing. <laughs> and I think for my clients, they once they get that and they it clicks, they understand like, oh, like I'm I'm putting all my energy in this bucket that isn't going to move my business forward. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is too, we talk about uh, this is just my personal take is that content pillars are kind of outdated. Mm -hmm. um, and instead, I focus a lot on sales psychology and moving people through the five stages of awareness okay. with their with their social media content, which just doing that will free you up completely because it's not about you. It's never it's never really been about you. It's not about me. It's about the person reading the content and if where are they in the stages of awareness and we want to convert. That's our focus is conversion. That is super interesting. I've never heard somebody have that take. I think that that is absolutely genius. It's like, where are they in the customer journey and how can we meet them where they're at? When it comes to those five stages of awareness, is that just something we do a quick Google, like sales psychology, five stages of awareness, <laughs> and it'll map that out? Or is this something that you have that you could share with us? No. So Eugene Schwartz wrote a book called Breakthrough Advertising. I don't know why I know this, but it was in 1966. Uh -huh. <laughs> it sounded like Sheldon. <laughs> um, but he talked about basically the, the five stages of awareness where at a very basic level, someone starts in, in stage one, which is they're unaware they even have a problem. Mm -hmm. They are not who you want to talk to, right? Because you can't sell anything to someone if they don't, they're like, I don't have that problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And then they become problem aware. And this is where someone, maybe you teach Pinterest strategies and someone is trying to learn Pinterest and they realize that there's a lot to learn and this takes a lot of time. They have a problem. And so they're more open to your marketing. If you're asking them questions like, are you looking, are you struggling with Pinterest? Are you <laughs> spending hours trying to figure out Pinterest? And then solution aware, product aware, and most aware. So basically, who, who are you talking to? What stages are they in? And the best way to reach them in the different stages is to ask questions, honestly. And ask yourself the questions that you were asking yourself when you were in those different stages, because you're probably talking to people who you were once in their shoes. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love what you said there. And I love that that first point about the more time back and these stages of awareness, they map back to what we were saying before about the fears of successes and what to do to get yourself out of that, to get yeah. yourself out of those ruts. Like we talked about that, that white space is so important, which 
when you can get yourself out of these pitfalls, you give yourself that back. You give yourself more time. And so I love how synergistic all of this is. Marianne, this has been so extremely helpful to shift our mindset. I think we've all learned kind of that first major component, which is our fear of success and those other fears that we have in our head. But then to hone it in when it comes to social. There are just so many connections there. So I'd love for you to share what is that next step that people can take if they're raising their hand, they're like, I need some mindset help. <laughs> like either I have those fear of successes and more high level there, or maybe I need to up level when it comes to social. That's really the the problem that I have. Can you share with us ways that you can support people on that journey? Yeah. So I kind of take a two-prong approach and that is 50% psychology and 50% strategy mm-hmm. because I feel like online business owners, especially moms in the online space, fall into one of two camps. The first one is the camp one is they have a ton of belief and energy and confidence, but they don't have any strategy in place. And so they're the ones who ultimately burn out because they can't keep doing all the doing. Right. Um, and then camp number two are women who have the strategy in place and the work ethic, but at their core, like on a cellular level, they they don't believe in themselves. They have a lot of self-doubt, imposter syndrome. I feel like, you know, we all know that change has to happen internally before it can happen externally. Mm-hmm. And a very basic place to start is to ask yourself, which camp do I fall into? And which area do I need to shine a light on so that I can move forward? Because oftentimes it's kind of like a plug in a bathtub where mm-hmm. once you've removed that plug, things will start to flow. But whether it's strategy or psychology, we have to, we can't just keep doing more of what we're doing and expect things to flow. So I would say, ask yourself which camp you're in and know that um, if it is the mindset aspect, it can often be a quick, like, pretty quick fix. It doesn't have to be this long drawn out thing. So I support them in either some one-on-one type coaching, but also I have an online course too that leads people through the process. I love that. I love that. And is there any type of freebie or just sending them to your podcast for the people who want to dip in, who maybe kind of know their camp, but need to get a little bit more information? So yes, I I will link to a freebie here. That's a free, it's a free mini course. Like it's less than 20 minutes. That's a social media mindset makeover that will lead people through kind of a few things that I talked about today, but just just a little reset button for your social media. I think that's genius. I will make sure that that is linked in the show notes. If you're ready, we can now move into the rapid fire questions. Oh gosh, yes. Ready? (laughs) Awesome. So I have found when it comes to mompreneurship that the way that I can keep myself as sane as possible is to have these three S's in place. I view them like these three pillars, and then we're on a bridge above them. There's strategy, support, and self-care. And when one is lower down, that's when I can look there and see, oh, this is why I'm unstable. I need to fill that cup or that pillar back up. So my first question for you is, what is your favorite strategy to help you be a more present and productive mompreneur besides the mindset tips that you have shared today? coffee no <laughs> I think it, it is a little mindset thing but it is a question I ask myself and I remind myself I have it written on a sticky note here is what I focus on expands so what am I focusing on right now and do I need to adjust my sales that so is 
absolute gold. Everybody needs to write that sticky note note down too. (laughs) Take a picture of it and tag us in it because we've got to see that is so, so powerful. I'm going to do it and I'll tag everybody because (laughs) I think it's that is such a good strategy. Talk to me about what the number one essential support you have is that you can't live without. Support, I would say, and it sounds so cliche, but it's actually two. One is my husband. Mm-hmm. I've never had a supportive like partner before. I had I had to wait a long time in my life to find that yeah. person. And he is the biggest cheerleader. But I'd also say the support of my my fellow mompreneurs. Like I feel like it's so important. It's it be so isolating and lonely in this space. And it doesn't need to be that way. And I have one particular friend in the online space that we box her every day. We check in, we hold each other accountable. So she's a mom doing her own thing online. But I would say that that support of just someone who knows what it's like to walk the walk mm-hmm. and, you know, have the sick babies and the look at the carpool and all of the stuff while also trying to balance things. Like, yeah, I think it's so true. I think the it takes a village at first seemed maybe a little cliche or, or however you wanted to view it, but it's so, so true. Like you need the support of your husband. You need women who actually understand what you're going through because nobody else gets what this lifestyle is. No. Now that Colin has joined the business, it's hysterical because he is turning into a mompreneur. Like he's going through the things that we go through, which is so, so funny and crazy for me to see because I have been running my own business for almost 15 years and he's always been on the side, on the sidelines. And now that he's a part of it, like it's, we can have different conversations and we just are flowing so differently. And so I can totally attest to what you're saying there. And then of course I need like my actual mompreneurs <laughs> who, who yeah. can understand really what I'm going through as, as a mom. But um, I think that that is so crucial and so true. So tell me, what is your go-to self-care activity? When you have a second for me time, what is the first thing that you like to do? My number one self-care activity is actually going on walks. Which Love it. It's, it's more than just the physical thing. It's actually, I remember when I was working before I went full-time mompreneur, I would see women on walking on my way to work. I would see them walking on the streets. I'd be like, what do they do for a living? How do they have this time to be out there walking right now? I want to be them. I want to be her one day. So whenever I take a walk in the middle of the day now, I never take it for granted. Yeah. Wow. That is so powerful. And it's funny because I think about that too. I remember at one point either I was, I think it happened multiple times, but when I was young with my mom and we would be driving for her work and doing her thing, maybe I was sick one day or something. I thought, look how cool this is. Like there's people out and we don't have to be sitting in one space. And then as I got older and when I had my styling business and my mobile boutique, I remember having that same feeling of I was out and about and it was like two o'clock in the afternoon and I was like getting to drive somewhere. I just finished the project that I was working on. And it, I, I can remember those poignant moments too of that freedom. I think that's what we all hope for with mompreneurship is we just want freedom to do what we want when we want. And I love that symbolism for you of every time you go on a walk and you put your feet on the ground, you can remember how far you've come. I think that's multiple levels of self-care right there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Last but not least, tell me your most stereotypical mompreneur story. Think like kids running through a Zoom call with underwear on their heads. What is something funny that only us mompreneurs can be like, yep, we get it or we have experienced that too? So this was my single mom days. I was hosting a Zoom call and Cooper was two and a half. Okay. And as I used Zoom before, before COVID. I was going to say, that's very impressive. Yeah. 
And, I, and there's probably 30 people on this call and I was hosting it. And so I tried in the babysitter, could it, it was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I gave him all the stuff to keep him busy, but I was hosting the calls. So I was very focused. After the call, it was quiet, which we all know is not a good sign. And I okay. found him in the bathroom and he had down markers and he was sitting in the bathtub completely naked, but he covered himself with markers. He covered the bath with markers. It was... Uh, were they at least Crayola moment. type of markers? Or no, I didn't. I, no, it was... I. They were not washable. Kind, I don't oh, know what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> that was a moment. But to them, did you have a magic eraser? Did you get it off the bathtub and stuff? I'm sure it took a while. You blocked out what happened I did. I don't remember. <laughs> It was a mess. Oh my yeah. gosh, that is hysterical. We can he was all so happy. Yeah, right. That's the end of the day. He was happy. He's exploring. It's all just things. Look we at can me. clean it up. Yeah, we're all good. Oh my gosh, this was amazing. Thank you so much for your time. I loved our conversation. You have opened my eyes to so many things. You have certainly allowed us to uplevel our mindset and what we're doing in our business to be more present and productive. And I so appreciate you and your time for that. Thanks, Megan. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Want more? Make sure you subscribe and review so you don't miss a thing. Ready to become more self-assured and grounded and get that strategy, support, and self-care that you need to be the best mompreneur that you can be? Make sure you click the link below so that you can apply for our upcoming retreat.